Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Ready for this? What's up, besties? This is Danny J. I am in the Las Vegas studio. I have a very special guest that I'm staring at through a beautiful ring of fire. My, I was going to say lovely partner, but lovely isn't really the word. Handsome partner. Jeffrey. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Danny J. <laughs> it's weird because we never really call each other by our names. So. No, we so don't. It's funny, but. Hey. So, hey, babe. <laughs> Good to be here. So, um, I'm really excited to have this conversation today because we just got back from a couples retreat in Costa Rica, and we learned we learned some things, but also I think we kind of shared some things that they thought was interesting, and and I think that a lot of people would find interesting. And every time we've brought this up to different couples, we've gotten it's been really well received, and so we've wanted to talk about it. Um, we wanted to figure out how to share it on social media and, uh, just felt like now's a good time to talk about it. So sounds good. Yeah. So, all right. So we went to this couple's retreat and I, I actually did an episode prior to this and I kind of shared how, while it was a couple's retreat, we both kind of went as individuals to work on our own stuff as well. Do you want to share anything or thoughts on couples work versus doing your own, (laughs) your own personal work? Yeah, I think it's uh, just as important to do individual work and work as a couple, which I feel like you and I have done quite a bit of. And um, yeah, I found out we we scored pretty high on the scorecards uh, for the work that we've done, but it still feels like we have a long way to go. Um, Yeah. (laughs) We have a long way to go. So, I mean, one of the things I, I really believe is and when I was exiting my marriage, I remember my ex-husband was like, we need to go to couples therapy. And this is after we had split. I had moved out, lived on my own. I was doing my own personal work. And he kind of came back into the picture and he said, we need to go to therapy. And I was like, well, what? you need to go to therapy. And I really truly believe that first before any couples need to go to therapy, that individual work needs to be done. So while we did go to this Uh, to work together I think that we also had our personal thing so I wanted to share that first just because I think it's super important it's really easy to point the finger at what the other person in your partnership is doing or not doing or stuff that they need to work on it's not as easy to look in the mirror and so I think we've had over the last year especially um, times in our relationship where we've pointed the finger at each other and then the other person pointed out like hey maybe fix your own shit before you start yeah it's true I remember when we were going into this retreat, you were nervous because you thought it would just be a bunch of dysfunctional people in relationships. Yeah. And uh, the reality was, I think I came to the realization that uh, people who go to couples retreats, you know, are concerned about self-development and getting better themselves. And so I think it's a, it's a really important step to, if you're going to get better as a couple, you need to work on also getting better yourself. Yeah. So um, one of the things that we brought up and kind of what we want to share is this concept that we call the jar. 
And where this came from, I'm going to give a shout out to our podcast guest. She has been on twice. Um, noir sex therapist, Ranelle Nelson. She was on very early on in our podcast. So you'll have to do a little search for her. Maybe Courtney can put in the show notes, her two episodes. But Ranelle is a sex therapist, but she specializes in um, intimacy with couples after affairs. And on our first uh, interview with her, I remembered really strongly, she had said something that things that will ruin a couple more than a third party, like more than an affair person, partner, you know, cheating is assumptions, judgments and resentment. And so I remember saying that and I came home and I was telling Jeff about it. And he just goes, Oh, jar. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And he just rearranged the the way she said it to judgments, assumptions and resentment. And I was like, Oh, yeah, jar. That's cool. And then I don't know, I think you came up with this jar philosophy, honestly. So maybe you want to kind of talk about like what jar meant to you and then kind of how we started turning it into a practice. Yeah, well, definitely hit me hard. Uh, Also having uh, gone through a divorce and I remember like the last week I was with my ex, um, there was a moment where we came to the realization we'd been going to therapy and we just decided to lay it all out on the table. She laid out her grievances. I laid out mine. And I had realized that I had resentment built up in me from even when we started dating eight years ago. So there are little things that have been stored up, eating away at me that we hadn't talked about or dealt with uh, in the eight years that we were together that were still affecting me today that um, once I heard about this concept, it made a lot of sense to me that, you know, we store up these things, these judgments, these assumptions, and these resentments that if not dealt with or emptied, uh, have a deep impact on a relationship. So I really believe this is a tool that could be used to save a lot of marriages and relationships across the board. And so, yeah, the, the concept of, you know, emptying out the jar um, we, Danny and I, when we first got together, uh, since we'd both come from, um, relationships where there was infidelity in the other partner, we both had triggers and a lot of those triggers came from text messages. Who are we texting? Who are you DMing? And we were kind of putting that on the other person. And there was a lot of judgments. There was a lot of assumptions. There was a lot of resentment that had kind of poured over into our relationship. And I remember one of the things that Danny said early on is, uh, it's not fair for me to be. Uh, held responsible for uh, punished uh, or punished for Mm -hmm. the things that your last previous partner did and it was absolutely true but for some reason I was still that doesn't mean that I wasn't being triggered by those things and so uh, I had to figure out a way to deal with it and so we came up with this thing um, which is basically emptying the jar where we decided uh, after a few hard conversations that instead of allowing those things to build up over weeks or months we would just do a weekly uh, tradition where every Sunday we would open up the jar um, to try to start the next week off right. So if there's anything from the previous week, Danny would say, hey, do you have anything in the jar? And um, yeah, we would deal with those things. And so um, yeah, it was, it was, and it just became kind of a practice and now we kind of just do it at will. But it's, uh, yeah, I thought it was a really good thing that's been a tool in our tool chest that has helped us get to where we're at today in our relationship um, Yeah, that I wish I had in my previous marriage. Yeah. So we use the jar almost like we call it the jar and we know it stands for judgments, assumptions, resentments, but it's 
it's if you kind of visualize uh, like a big glass jar and each of those things could be like a little tiny rock or stone and every little judgment that you put in something in the jar, you put another marble in the jar and it starts to fill up. And if that jar is full, then you're going to have big issues. So when Jeff says we're emptying the jar, it's like, hey, what are the things this week that maybe you've been holding against me? You've been having judgments on, you've been making assumptions around. And so it's just like having a little rock in your shoe, right? It could be so small, but if you're t- if you're doing a three mile hike, that thing is going to eat you alive, no matter how big or small it is. And with these little things that could be in the jar, they could turn into really big things. Like you said, over your eight years of marriage, you had stuff from back when you were dating. And so we just realized that the jar can get, it could be so small. Like we've had things that are very, very silly. Embarrassingly silly. Like <laughs> things I didn't even want to share they were still little pebbles or pieces of sand in my jar. And it was almost like, ah, it's so embarrassing. It's so stupid. I don't even want to share it. But in sharing it, it really helped keep the jar empty and keep our relationship going. Yeah. And that's the big piece, right? Is sometimes sharing those things can feel really vulnerable, can feel really stupid. It could be as literal, like, I'm trying to think of an example, but maybe just something like, hey, I know you didn't mean anything by this, but the way you talked to that girl at the gas station made me feel some kind of way. And it's not even for you to do anything about. And maybe there was nothing there, but it's for me just to get out because I could start thinking about it and obsessing about it or whatever. And that's not an actual example. I'm just trying to think of something that might come up for someone. But it's those kind of things that will literally just start to erode the relationship. So yeah, we turned this into a weekly practice. And one of the one of the things that's great about this is one, you don't have to like react in a moment. You can wait until the day you okay, it's Sunday, we're gonna share our jar stuff now. So it gives you time to process and, and verbalize it. But two, it also gives you the same vocabulary. So a lot of I think before this, before we started using this tool, it would kind of be like, Hey, are you cool? Are we good? It, we didn't really have the vocabulary to say something like maybe I knew something was wrong with you. Maybe I could tell something was off, but I could just look at, is there something in the jar? And that would make you stop and think. And sometimes you'd be like, yeah, actually there is. And maybe you needed some time to process it. But then it just gave us both like the same vocabulary to work through and we could communicate. We could communicate a lot better having that. Yeah, it's true. Um, for those of you that haven't met Danny J or spent any time with her in person, she has an enormous amount of empathy where she can really feel the room, read the room and know if something's off. And so right away she knows if there's something in my jar, uh, whether I know it or not, she can pick up on it pretty quickly. And she will say like, Hey, is there something in your jar um, that you want to talk about? And when she brings it to my attention, I'll say, okay, yeah, I guess there is but I actually don't want to talk about it right now. And I'm the kind of person that it takes a longer time for me to process the stuff that's going on in my mind. And so I have to take some time. It could be hours, could be days that I need to sit down, process the things I'm feeling, even write it out. I'll write out entire conversations in my notes on my phone. So it's organized and clear and concise. And, um, and then we will set a time. So I'll tell Danny, cause a lot of times she wants to deal with it right now. She's like, Hey, what's in the jar? Let's just get it out. Let's just deal with it. Are you going to break up with me? What's going on? And I said, no, 
but I don't want to talk about it. And she's like, why don't you want to talk about it? Are you, it sounds like you want to break up with me. But the reality is, yeah, some people process things faster and want to deal with things right away. Um, but I process things slower. So it does give us time and it creates a safe space, which I think is also an important piece of the jar is creating a safe space between partners um, where you can literally share anything in the jar. And it took us some time to build up that level of emotional intimacy with each other where we can share the things that are the deepest, darkest secrets, the skeletons in our closet, and um, and be vulnerable with each other that uh, we know that no matter what it is, we will still be safe and okay with the other person. That's probably the first thing that you need to establish with somebody who you're using the jar with is establishing a safe space for that. Because when it comes to judgments, you know, judgments, assumptions, and resentment, judgments are simply when your values aren't aligned and you're judging the other person because you think they are doing something they shouldn't be doing according to your own values and you are thinking something differently about them based on your own personal values. And you have assumptions, which is where your perspective isn't in alignment, right? Like you're assuming somebody's doing something or saying something or thinking something because of something else, but you are only doing that because of your own perspective. You don't know the other person's perspective. And the resentment piece is just the, the bucket you throw all of that toxic emotion into and seal it. Um, and so being able to create a safe space for the other person that allows you to process those things is really important. Um, and I feel like Danny and I really early on, we basically shared everything and we were really okay with that. And so I think being able to create a less judgmental space is, is really, really important. And maybe Danny, you can share a little bit about how to be less judgmental. Hey besties, this episode is brought to you by Blinkist. Now y'all, I have been a long time off and on user of Blinkist. Blinkist is kind of how I describe it as the cliff notes of Audible. Do y'all remember cliff notes back in the day, those little yellow books you would get so you didn't have to read your whole book for your book report? So this is like that. Blinks are basically little 15 minute snippets, 10 to 15 minute snippets of full books. Um, there's even podcast snippets as well. And they have over 5,500 titles, nonfiction titles. So if you're trying to learn some things quick, just grab some nuggets, or maybe you're curious if you want to even invest in listening to an entire book or reading an entire book, you can just listen to these short blanks, super fun, take them on a walk with you, quick run. I really love these things. And because they're sponsoring the podcast, they're hooking you up. Right now, they actually have a special offer just for our audience. If you go to Blinkist.com slash The Best Life, you can start a seven-day free trial and get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership. So that's Blinkist. It's spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash the best life to get 25% off and a seven day free trial. And for a limited time, you can even use Blinkist Connect to share your premium account. So you'll get two premium subscriptions for the price of one hooked up. Well, I, I learned a lot from you in this where <laughs> no matter what I said to you, you would almost always say, thank you for sharing. And where some of the things I probably shared, 
you could have easily been defensive because I maybe threw some accusations out at you or made some assumptions about you. And you could have been like, well, that's not what it was. And instead of starting off defensive, you'd always say, thank you for sharing. And then you would step back and say, I can see how you might have seen it that way. And so I think a big piece of having a safe space or a big um, something that I think really helps is always validating the other person and thanking them for sharing because so often I remember growing up my mom would say things to me like I always want you to tell me if you're in trouble or if if you you know there's drinking alcohol at a party call me but I knew if I called her I'd be in trouble so there was no way in hell that I could really truly be open with her and so you were always thanking me for sharing and also trying to see my perspective rather than getting defensive and so I think that the big piece first is listening and always thanking the person for sharing even if you don't like what they said you have to appreciate that they're being honest and they're being vulnerable and they're sharing how they feel now you can have a conversation and say all right this is how i see it or this is how my perspective is and another piece of that conversation it kind of comes down to like communication 101 is speaking from the i position right instead of being like you did this you did this you have to come and say the way I saw it or the way things looked to me were this. And one of the other tools we used um, and we use a lot in this conversation comes from the Netflix special, Brene Brown. She uses the story I'm telling myself and she gives a really great example and definitely go watch that Netflix special. But basically let's say, you know, back to the gas station girl, whatever. I could say something to Jeff like, you know, I saw you talk to this girl at the gas station and the story I'm telling myself is that you were flirting with her and and that means you don't want to be with me and it makes me feel really insecure. And the story I'm telling myself is that every time guys are with me, they always want to leave or something like that. So it allows him to share like, I'm so sorry that you saw it that way. I'm just really friendly or that actually happened to be my friend's sister from high school. So I know her and like whatever, but it gives him a chance to explain and also gives him a chance to get inside my brain of what I'm actually saying. Because sometimes we see something and it's not what we see. It's the story we're telling ourselves about what we see or what was done. And that's really more of the bigger issue. So as far as like creating the safe space, I think one, setting a time helps, not just blasting it on someone. Although at this point, we don't really do this every Sunday anymore. We did for a while. I think at this point now, we just kind of go with the flow and we feel it. And sometimes we just know something's off and we can just kind of go, hey, there's something in the jar. And then usually we'll say, do you want to talk about it now or when's a good time? And if I ask when's a good time to talk about it and Jeff says I need a couple days, then I have to respect that he needs a couple days and wait those couple days wherever whenever it is. So I might be asked for more specific like when can we talk about it on Sunday and he could say yes or no. And if he says no, then I say okay, can we talk about it next Friday? <laughs> I I would like to have some kind of time that we have to agree, but as long as I have an appointment set or a time set then I it's my duty to just drop it until then. And so we just set the time and that way we have the space. It's hard to create space when we're in the middle of stuff, like maybe in the middle of a deadline or work or just shit's going on in your life. So to bring up emotional topics is not always the best just to do it on the spot. So I think one, creating a safe space starts with the listening, thanking your per- thanking your partner for sharing and being open and vulnerable, and two, setting aside the time for it. So whether it's a weekly thing like we used to do 
or just noticing in the moment and then setting a time when we both feel ready to discuss is another piece of it. Yeah, I I think another piece as well. I remember when I was going to therapy uh, with my ex, one of the things the therapist would say is when your emotions get above a three, it's very hard to get anywhere in a conversation between two people. So if the if you're escalated, if you're both escalated to a six, seven, eight, or nine, I think it's important to step away, step aside, and allow some time for that emotion to go back down to a place where you can both think through things um, rationally. Uh, I don't think that negates the emotion. I think you could go away, you can write them down, you can process the emotions, figure out why you're feeling what you're feeling. But you could even express, hey, I'm feeling a certain way. I need to take some time to figure out why I'm feeling this way. And uh, let's come back and talk about it. And I think also giving the other person the assurance, I think Danny needed this, giving the other person the assurance that, hey, just because I need time and don't want to talk about it right now doesn't mean I don't love you. I still love you and I'm not leaving you. I'm not breaking up with you. I'm not thinking about breaking up with you. I'm just thinking about how to process what's going on through my brain. And so I really like the uh, the tool uh, that Brene Brown has. Uh, yeah, definitely go watch that. Yeah, she tells the story of her husband and herself going on a, a trip to the lake. And she talks about how she went on this trip to reconnect emotionally with her husband. They've both been really busy. They weren't connecting with each other. And she was in her bikini and she was feeling really like, you know, insecure about it. And her husband wasn't paying any attention. So in Brene Brown's mind, she was thinking, well, her husband is detaching, doesn't love her anymore, doesn't think she's attractive. And, um, and so there was this, they they did this whole retreat to come together, but they felt like there was a divide. And when they came to a head in the conversation, what had happened, her husband had had a nightmare about her children dying in a boat accident. And so he was processing all of this. So he was just in this kind of depressive state that his dream state had put him in um, that affected his perspective on being at the lake. And, and Brene Brown had all of these thoughts that was going on in her brain. And so uh, the beautiful thing about the story I'm telling myself is, is we're master storytellers. Our brain needs to connect the dots and tell stories and fill in the gaps. And so being able to... Um, Number one, allow the other person to share their perspective. Uh, share with me um, what's going on in your mind right now. And then, then it gives the other person the chance to say, and I always go back and say, well, the story I'm telling myself based on this, 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 and this is this is happening. And then I pause and I wait and I allow Danny to go back and share, well, the story I was telling myself based on this, 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 and this, this was happening. And then we allow the other person to share the other details that weren't a part of the story or the perspective in the other person's mind. And so when you help people kind of clarify the different perspectives of the story that's being told in each person's brain, um, it really helps you get on the same page. And I think that's really, really important um, to be able to get on the same page and get the stories collaborate, you know, collaborating and aligned, and then you're able to move forward. And so it's another tool that I wish I had earlier in my relationship that I'm glad we have now. That's really helped us be where we're at today. Yeah. That in particular is so big. There's been so many times where I've just shared the story I'm telling myself to you and it's just been, or vice versa. And instantly it's like, Oh, 
that's not what it was at all. And then once the explanation is out, it everything makes sense. And instantly, the judgment, the assumption, the resentment just starts to drop. It's like, oh, everything that I was assuming was based on this story and the story was completely off. And now, now I just feel like an idiot and I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> or, you know, it just definitely. ends up dropping pretty quickly. I don't think we've had anything that's really dragged on and on once we started doing this. Um, and what helped and the reason we don't do it weekly anymore, I, I think the reason we don't do it weekly anymore is we started to recognize and know what each other's stories were and triggers were. Because there were patterns, right? Like there would be certain things where you're like, the story I keep telling myself is this, this. And I'm like, ah, okay, now I know how you kind of think about certain things. So I can either adjust my behavior or speak up more and explain where I'm just making assumptions, you know what's going on. So I might over explain something until it's not a concern anymore. I think because we were straight, this is really our first relationship out of our marriages too, we had a lot more triggers, a lot more heightened emotion early on, and now we're almost four years in, and so a lot of that has dissipated, and we've created a lot of security with each other. But what Jeff said, too, about um, assurances was really helpful. So <laughs> I sounded like I'm not, I don't do this all the time now. I'm not like, are you leaving me? Are we breaking up? But at the beginning, there were times where I felt like you were moody about something, and I'm like, did I do something? I, I would start to question everything I did. I would question the whole, I was like, what did we talk about that I made him upset? What did I say that I that he is mad at me about? And so often it was had nothing to do with me. There was something else that happened or maybe something that happened with your ex or something you saw on social media that was bothering you. And I was sitting here thinking it was about me. So it also helped a lot where he'd say, hey, I am going through some something. Like, you're right. I am having a moment right now but this doesn't have anything to do with you and I'll share when I'm ready. Or it doesn't mean I don't love you. I'm just processing something. You know, Maybe I had something to do with it, maybe not, but I will let you know and nothing has changed and how I feel. And that helped me a lot because I have, I would get super anxious. I wouldn't say I'm an anxious attachment person, but I felt like I was having a lot of anxiety when you were feeling some sort of way and I didn't know. And I would question every damn conversation we had and everything thinking, where did I go wrong? What did I do? How did I upset him? And that wasn't healthy either. So just the piece of the assurance really was was nice. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there are some people listening that have some stuff in the jar um, with their partner in their relationship. Maybe we should share some things that people can do right now with their partner to prime and prep this sort of conversation and uh, help them start opening up the jar and creating a safe space for them to open up the jar with their partners. What would you say? So I would say, you know, we talked to a lot. This is a majority of women listening. So I'm going to have to speak from the perspective of a woman. And then I'll ask what you think of this, um, Jeff, is if I have never brought this up to my partner before, but I want to start using it, I might explain how I heard this idea on the podcast. <laughs> I heard this idea and... Um, that, and I probably even shared that what splits most people apart is judgments, assumptions, resentment more than any third party. And there's an idea that they shared, which is called the jar. And it's where we share maybe something that's building up. And I'm really curious as if this is something that you and I could do maybe on a weekly basis to start. And so I would ask the part, I would share what that was about. And then I would ask my partner, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's good. I and think also, um, 
for the guy's perspective, because I'm sure if a girl comes to a guy's like, hey, I want to start dealing with all of our shit. Yeah. Um, he's going to start like, well, maybe close down and maybe not figure it out. But I think coming at it from a perspective is that, you know, I really love our relationship. I want it to grow mm. and I want to start pulling the weeds from our relationship. And I'm not casting any judgment on you. I'm not saying you're doing anything wrong. I know there's probably things that I'm doing that aren't aligned with you. And I just want to make sure that we're on alignment so that we can be the best. And I'm not trying to force you or change you into to a different person. Um, but I want us to, I would love for us to be able to share, you know, these things that we're going through so that we could continue to do better. So I think from a man's perspective, um, if, if, uh, you know, if Danny, you were to come to me and say, Hey, I want to create a space, zero judgment. You can literally say, do, and you can have the assurance that I'm not going to break up with you. You can have the assurance that I'm not going to leave you. You can have the assurance of X, Y, and Z. Um, no matter what comes up in this conversation. So really expressing like, this is a safe zone and, and living up to that, you know, standing true to the fact that you're willing to not judge or hold assumptions. Uh, it's, so there's hard conversations. Like there's times you and I have cried through the jar conversations and really opened up about some vulnerable things. And we've worked through it. We stayed up till two or three in the morning talking yeah. about these things. But I think, creating the space for the man to say, I just, you know, want you to open up as much as you feel comfortable. I want you to even dig down into some areas because I really want our relationship to last for ourselves, for our kids and for the future. And I think that as long as the guy knows he has a safe space where he doesn't feel made fun of or belittled or poked at. Um, and he also has the ability to, to reciprocate and share his deepest, darkest feelings and doubts and insecurities, I think it'd be super helpful, so. I love that you shared that because I feel like probably if out of the blue, you know, I came at you with something, you'd be like, whoa, what's wrong? She's got stuff she wants to lay on me versus like, hey, I think we just, I just wanna make us better. I think this could be really good. Um, this is for you too. Like I want you to, I want, I mean, and this is true. I want to hear from you as well. And I think most of the women do. I think as women, we generally um, can name our feelings pretty easily. We can know what's going on and we can speak it. And men tend to have a little longer time gap there of trying to figure out what it is, uh, what it is they're feeling, why it's triggering, what they're trying to come up with. And so sometimes we can get frustrated with like, why can't you just figure it out? Just name your feelings, what is it? And so I think um, being the one bringing it up, you have to really also um, be vulnerable, open, really non-judgmental, and also make it so they know that you also want the feedback as well. This isn't like, hey, let me use this tool to manipulate and like get out all the shit I got in my jar and dump it on you. Because it's also not a dumping thing. It's a like sharing and it's a way to communicate and I think you said early on is to get on the same page. This isn't a tool that we're just like, we're both bringing our jars and we're just I'm picturing two people just dumping their marbles in the middle and just be like, here's all my shit. And you're like, here's all mine. And then, and then what? So I think it's really a communication tool to help people get back on the same page. Yeah. I would love to uh, see more couples utilize this and uh, hear how it goes. Yep. So we're trying to, uh, this is, this is the Danny and Jeff trademark jar method. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, thanks to Ronell Nelson for giving us the, uh, the idea to turn into this acronym. And, and so we'd love to 
hear from you and love to know if you try it with your partners and even with friends and parents, like your relationships that you really care about. I think it's a really great tool to to use for communication. So love to see how you empty out the jar, how you use it. Um, and yeah, you got anything else you want to share? Uh, yeah, I do have one story. Let me, let me just share this one. I remember when I laid out everything, when my ex-wife and I laid out everything, it was literally like three days before I found out she was having an affair. We laid out everything and I literally had never laid out anything like this before in my entire life. And she had laid out some things, but for some reason I still knew she hadn't laid out everything. And I remember, and I, I, yeah, I remember um, finding out later that was probably the one thing, when it was the one thing that she still had kept in the jar, but she didn't trust the relationship. She didn't, she didn't create, we didn't have that safe space to be willing and able to share everything. And um, yeah, I just want to encourage everyone to get to the safe space where you can literally dump out everything the simplest, most insecure, craziest thing that you have with your partner. And I promise you it'll create the greatest amount of intimacy you've ever experienced with your partner. So try it. Uh, let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, reach out to Danny or myself if you have any questions or, yeah, I would love to hear how it goes. Can they reach out to you? Sure. How do they find you, babe? Uh, on Instagram. What's your name out there? It's... Uh, Jeff, J-E-F-F dot Tatarchuk, T-A-T-A-R-C-H-U-K um, at Instagram is probably the best way. There we go. At Jeff Tatarchuk. All right, y'all. Well, hope you enjoyed this. Would love to hear you, your shares. Definitely screenshot, tag us, tag the Best Life Podcast on Instagram, and we'll see you on the next episode.